Well, good morning. This is Amy here on the Amy Mills Live Show. And I'm just thrilled for you to join me again as I continue the series, Praying the Promises of God. And um, this this has got a, a lot of different dimensions to it. But more than anything, it's just to remind us that... Um, there's a way to pray God's word and in God's word it says that that word will not return void that's so incredibly powerful um if you've missed any of the shows you can jump up on my website amymillslive.com and check it out uh, go to the other shows we podcast every show and so you can download these and they're um, available wherever you get your other podcast you can take it with you during the week and Let's go through this series together and come out on the other end where we've got some testimony of what, how we changed, how our spirit changed, how our lives changed as we begin to pray the promises of God. And really, guys, you know what that is? It's really just looking at the word and praying that into your situation. Um, I was with Dr. Ben Spitzenberger yesterday, and we were talking about the disclaimer that is, uh, you know, the travailing before the feet of God is um, a powerful thing. And when we are in um, some of the depths of hell that some of us go through in life, you know, there all you can do is cry out. All you can do sometimes is beg. All you can do sometimes is say, oh, God, help. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm coming at this from a generic aspect of just saying, why don't we implement this more often in our prayer life? Because I tend to start going into prayer with God about, okay, I need this and I need that and I need this. And oh, my gosh, I need to turn this around. And will you enter into this area? And it starts to almost become this um, defeatist attitude that I have as I go before the Lord. And that's kind of crazy, right? When you think about it, to go before the Lord with a defeatist attitude. Oh, my gosh. No, that's the God of heaven and earth. Wow. I mean, I have to picture sometimes, and I really like to do this. I think it's powerful. It's where you just get in your quiet place and you get in your prayer time and just sit and imagine whatever it looks like for you, that you are at the foot of the throne of God. What does that look like? What does that feel like? And what does it sound like? You start to get that visual. I mean, it literally, physically, I can feel it change and and um, resonate with me as I kind of go through that visualization of what if I was before the Father in reality? Because, guys, the reality is we are before the Father. When we are sitting in our quiet space, if we are driving in our car, if we are um, gathered with friends praying, if we're at church praying for somebody, we are in the presence of the Almighty. He is with us wherever we go. And I I can guarantee you this. If you spend some time on that one thing that I just described, your prayer life is going to get rocked. Um, there is going to be a lot of light 
and life that comes out of that kind of time with the Father. And so uh, last week we talked about, I hope you listened, I told the best story ever (laughs) about a flood that moved a church onto a piece of property that the believers originally thought the church should be built there, but the man would not sell it to them. And so they had to build their church somewhere else. And a great flood came and a hurricane, I think it was. And um, the city flooded and that church came up off of its stilts and floated down the road uh, and landed on the piece of property that that they originally wanted the church to be built upon. And, And so that whole story was talking about how... You know, those believers must have prayed and um, and, and, and asked the Lord to uh, someday let that church be rebuilt on, on that property. And they were praying the promises of God is what that chapter of that book was talking about. So that was pretty cool. Um, what I would like to talk about today is how 1 Kings 8.56 says, There has not failed one word of all his good promises. It's one of the most powerful promise scriptures that comes from King Solomon. And it was during the dedication of the temple. uh, He he worshipfully boasted, it says. um, There has not failed one word of all his good promise. And the king of Israel was referring to just those promises about Israel obtaining the promised land. But Solomon's statement can easily be extended to mean the entire word of God. And I like the way they describe this. They say, notice the phrase, his good promise. It's singular, just as the Bible is the word of God, right? But it's made up of many words. It is the promise of God made up of many promises. Does that make sense? All inspired, all dependable, all trustworthy are the words of God. But we call it the word of God. It's made up of many words. We call it the promise of God, which is made up of many promises. So as we bring up some situation when God's promises um, didn't seem to work, um, I want to ask this question. Could there possibly be other contributing factors we need to consider? And an author kind of kind of drills through this question. As we bring up situations where God's promises did not seem to work, are there other things involved? He says um, to ensure greater success in seizing what is rightfully ours. So he's talking about praying the word of God over our lives. He says, we have to make up our minds to do seven things. And these seven things allow us, I think, to um, become more purposeful and um, more, I guess, consistent standing on and wait. We don't want to wait on the Lord, right? Nobody, we want it. And we want to, you know, just uh, do the fake bake in the microwave, uh, the microwave kind of prayers where we need it and we need it now. And there's something to be said about that. But let's go through these seven things that will help us seal the deal when praying the promises of God. 
We'll do that in just a minute. Hey guys, thanks for taking a short break with me. I am super excited to invite you to a life-transforming, mountain-moving, inner-healing, get-rid-of-the-junk-in-your-trunk event. It is called Redemption Weekend, and it radically changed my life 20 years ago. It will change your life, too. Redemption Weekend is August 2nd to the 4th at T-Bar M Retreat Center. Do not live another minute with strongholds in your life that are binding you from being all God intended you to be and all that you hoped for. Go to amymillslive.com and click redemption. This is Amy on the Amy Mills Live show. We are talking about the promises of God and what that looks like in our life. This is going to create some power. This is going to create some light and some life in your journey with the Lord. And so I hope you will grab a hold of this. Grab a hold of the podcast. Get every every session in this series. And listen through it so that you can journey alongside me as we see if this, um, I guess, really stands true or not. Of course, we know it does. But I think sometimes we just need to apply some of this to our lives so that we have a better understanding of um, our our communication life with the Father, but also um, that what God says is true. I want to just go through seven things that um, I found an author came up with that, you know, we're saying God's word doesn't work, promises don't work, didn't work in my situation. Let's think about these conditions, all right? One of them is set our priorities in order. So be submitted. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you. So put your priorities in, in, in order and seek God first. Seek the kingdom of God. Second, never give up. Be tenacious. Be tenacious. Stay at it. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. Pray life over it over and over and over and over. It's kind of like where the Lord says in the Bible, how many times should I forgive? 70 times seven. So, There's this principle of forgiveness that God talks about in the Bible. And he's saying, you know what? You should forgive over and over and over. And in in fact, it's saying you should constantly and consistently be forgiving. How many times? 70 times seven. He's saying like a lot. That's how many. Well, I believe that's true about praying the word of God over our lives. Well, how many times should I pray it, Amy? Well, a lot. 70 times seven. How about that? So we've got to be tenacious. Uh, Hebrews ten thirty six says, You need perseverance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. How cool is that? Okay, number three, confess God's word often. So we're talking about being sub- submitted Uh, being persistent, and then this one is consistent, let us firmly hold the profession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And they're talking about the Lord. That is Hebrews 10, 23. All right, number four. It says, thank God in advance. 
Now, this is not, you know, some people have an issue, you know, with claiming it, the claiming, claiming it before it happens. But this is just about being positive. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by power and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known. Be positive. So bring everything to the Lord in prayer and supplication. Lifting one way to be positive is just what we've been talking about. And that's pray the word of God over your situation. That's a way to be positive. All right. Number five, acknowledge divine timing. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is really hard. This is a hard one. (laughs) It's talking about being sensitive. Let me just... um, tell you what this author writes. He says, we may need to pass through successive stages of life to mature us on our way to a promised goal. God prepares a place for us, but he also prepares us for that place. Now, let me say this again. This is really powerful. Um, God prepares a place for us, but he also prepares us for that place. You know, you've got, if you're out there and you've asked God for some big things in your life, as I have, he has to prepare us to get us there. Sometimes if he sat us in the place we're asking for, we'd blow it. We would totally blow it because we think we're prepared, but we don't know what God needs to get in us to handle the situations that we have asked for properly, handle them with growth and maturity and to bring light to that situation or to that uh, uh, job or to that spouse. I mean, there's so many things we ask the Lord for. So he has prepared that, but now he's preparing you. So be sensitive to what the Spirit is doing. That's what number five is talking about. It said, uh, David is a prime example. He passed through the stages of being a faithful shepherd, a faithful shepherd boy, Uh, an overlooked son, a despised brother, a servant to a king. He was a giant killer. Then he went on to be a persecuted outcast, then a mentor of rejects. And through it all, through it all, a worshiper of God before he arrived at the goal of becoming king of Judah. And finally, king over all of Israel. Come on. Now, now does this story make more sense? It does. It does because we see, oh, oh my gosh. He had to go through all these other stages to ultimately become the king over all of Israel. Wow. The place God prepared, but first he had to prepare David. Reflecting on that truth, he admits to God, my times are in your hands. That's uh, Psalm 31, 15. David says, my times are in your hands. And as it should be with all of us, a lot of times, you guys, you're going to find out there is a condition with a promise. Okay, we do this, we get that. We do this, we get that. Number six, fulfill the condition. All right, be diligent. It says promises in the Bible are almost always attached to a condition. Because for the promise to be fulfilled, the condition has to be met. Just a a couple of quick examples. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the merciful, 
for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So to receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit, we must fulfill the condition. What is the condition to even mourn, to go into mourning? You know, one of the things I was talking to a therapist about one time, and then we'll come back uh, real quick and we'll do number seven. But he was talking about, hold on, you're trying to get to forgiveness of somebody, but you have not dealt with the pain of what happened in that situation. And he brought this scripture to me. He said, Amy, you need to be comforted by God before you move into uh, forgiveness. And he said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So such so powerful, so powerful. A powerful promise with a condition. Let's finish number seven when we come back. You could be the next success story at Focused on You Chiropractic. Patient Bruce came in with lower back and shoulder pain and neuropathy in both feet. In less than three months, his neuropathy was nearly gone and no pain. Patient Jean came in using a cane necessary for walking, and on day five, Jean showed up with no cane. Dr. Ben and Dr. Gerard make scientific specific adjustments with results. They educate patients on nutrition, exercise, and neurotoxicity, helping alleviate unnecessary pain and suffering. Click FocusedOnYouChiropractic.com. Amy on the Amy Mills live show. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to, um, you know, I guess I've got a month or so under my belt here back at Christian Teaching and Talk. So excited to be back here on the bridge. And so that we can learn more about each other, go to amymillslive.com. You can download all the podcasts of all the shows that have gone before this. And if you want to check out the ministry foundation of where I'm coming from, the platform that was developed to even have this radio program, go to soldoutministries.com. And that's soul like your S-O-U-L, soldoutministries.com. Reach out to me. I would love to uh, visit with you. You can email me through there. Let me know about your story. Let me know about your freedom journey. You know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so I always love to hear people's stories because it not only builds me up, but it also reminds me of the things that we need to be talking about on this radio program, things that people go through that we're all going through. And so many times we feel like we're totally alone. And that's just, it's such a lie. So um, as a ministry leader that I have hundreds upon hundreds of people um, throughout the years who have come and just bore their soul to me uh, because I have a freedom ministry and they're trying to get free from what they walk through in life. Um, I'm, tell- I'm here to tell you, everybody has a story. So don't live that lie that you're the only one or that nobody else has done it worse than you or darker than you or deeper than you or um, that nothing, you know, that you're the only one that these horrible things have happened to. Listen, that's that's a lie. And um, more importantly, um, the other lie that I think we tend to live is that God doesn't see us or care about us. And can I tell you today that that also is a complete lie from the pit of hell. God sees you. He knows you. 
his eye is on you. And, you know, the Bible talks about how much the, the Lord cares about every, uh, you know, creature on earth and even how he sustains every bird in the air. And it says, how much more does he care about you as a human being created in his image? Just think about that today. Amen. Isn't that good? Wow. All right. So we are talking about the promises, but we're talking about some conditions that come with the promise. And the last one, I don't want to run away from that yet. It's number six. There's seven of these. Number six was you got to fulfill the condition. But it's things like blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. It says blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. So what it's saying is to obtain his mercy and forgiveness, we must fulfill the condition of being merciful to others, which just means compassionate, willing to forgive, to see God moving in our lives now uh, and in all his glory at the end of this journey that we're all on. We have to fulfill the condition of possessing a pure heart. So as we are working on living with a pure heart, then we are able to see God more and more and more in our lives. And that's Matthew 5, 8. But one of the things that I really started to grasp about this number six condition is where a therapist and I were talking about having to go through forgiveness for someone. And I was just going through these these scenarios in my life, these traumatic painful scenarios and I was taking that to the Lord and trying to jump straight into forgiveness because I know that's what's required of me and once I can forgive then not only am I going to have life in my life right that burden is going to be lifted off of me of unforgiveness not to mention that it's required it's required by the Lord If we want to be forgiven, we must forgive. And the therapist said, hold up. You've got pain that has to be healed. And the only true healing can come from the comfort of God, where the Holy Spirit is there ministering to that deep, deep pain that you are carrying from this situation that happened. So, Mourn that. Take a season, a time to mourn so that God can comfort. That was really powerful to me because I'm just like trying to stuff it and move on. But it kept rearing its ugly head because everybody listening this morning knows that stuffing it never works. But I didn't look at it that way. I just was kind of skipping to forgiveness. I was like, I'm not a stuffer. I don't stuff things. I deal with them. But I was indeed. So if you're out there and you're, you, this is resonating with you, come, the comfort of God will come. But you're going to have to stop for a season. Don't get stuck there. Please don't get stuck there. Mourn the pain. Take that to the foot of the cross and allow the Lord to comfort you. See where he is in that situation. Then you can move. To forgiveness. Amen. All right. So number seven is this. Understand the concept of overlap. And so it's saying be wise about the word of God. Don't go don't go in looking at it immaturely or gullible. 
it's giving an example, and I don't know if I really love this example, but it's accurate. It says sometimes one promise overlaps another and becomes the dominant promise. For instance, someone might claim the divine pledge by his stripes we are healed. They're praying it for a loved one, but instead of the miracle happening, that person passes. So we're talking about Isaiah 53, 5. God's promise of healing didn't fail. It was overlapped by another promise that emerged superior and dominant that says, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, which we all know is actually a greater victory. Amen. Um, when it's a loved one, we don't think of it that way. And it's really hard to see that. But I think living in this world, uh, we can see that uh, uh, being present with the Lord versus sitting here in this body the way we are today would definitely be a more superior uh, promise. Amen. So um, I hope this is blessing your life. It's really encouraging me and it is really inspiring me to rethink some of these things that I'm taking to the Lord on a daily basis. Um, if you want more about this show, please go to amymillslive.com. You can grab up all of our podcasts there, and you can see what the foundation of the ministry is all about at soldoutministries.com. Now, you got to get that right because there's uh, several different sold outs out there. It's S-O-U-L-E-D, soldoutministries.com. I love being here with you. Thank you so much. I'll be back next Saturday at 9 and next Sunday at 930. God bless.